Here's Pastor Ed with a brief preview of today's edition of Voice of Faith. Man reflects God's mercy. Man's reflection of His mercy. If you've received it and you understand it and you comprehend it, if you know anything about the mercy that God has given you, if you understand anything about your sinfulness and His grace to you, your response is that you're merciful to others. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Today's message continues to follow the beatitude concerning mercy. Pastor Ed shares with us not only the overwhelming concept of God's mercy for us, but also the fact that we are to reflect that mercy to the people around us. It's easy comparatively to accept God's forgiveness, but then want Him to punish the person who's wronged us. However, when we're able to really grasp what we've been pardoned for, we should want to spread that around to others, reflecting God's love as well as His immeasurable mercy. Well, let's join Pastor Ed in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 7, for his continuing study entitled, The Merciful. How many times has God come to us and we were worthy of judgment? We should have been stoned to death. We didn't deserve one more day of breath. But God, in his mercy, reached down and enraptured us in his love and drew us to himself. He says, neither do I condemn thee. Just go and sin no more. Shakespeare said, We do pray for mercy, and that same prayer does teach us to render the deeds of mercy. When God has forgiven you, you must respond by forgiving others. If you're poor in spirit, if you know that you're heaven's charity case, if you know that there's nothing in you to commend you to God, if you see the sinfulness of your heart and you're smitten with that sense of unworthiness, you just have to be merciful. If you mourned and wept over your sins and the sins of others. If by God's spirit you've been transformed on the inside. And you've been made into a person that's meek. And before God you're mastered by nothing but the master. And you're hungering and thirst for righteousness. You recognize that I don't have it within me. It's in God. And so you're hungry and thirsting for the righteousness that he gives. Then you have to be merciful to others. Man reflects God's mercy. Man's reflection of his mercy. If you've received it and you understand it and you comprehend it, if you know anything about the mercy that God has given you, if you understand anything about your sinfulness and his grace to you, your response is that you're merciful to others. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. I like the way it's been said. Mercy comes down from heaven to earth, so that man, by practicing it, may resemble God. That's when we resemble God. When we relieve the distress of others. When they've sinned against God and they've sinned against us. Now, mercy is reflected in absolution. 
And Jesus said, be merciful just as your Father is merciful. We mirror to others what God has done for us. We mirror to others what we have come to know of the forgiveness of God. People sin against us. They hurt us. They, they let us down. And the circumstances of life conspire to test us again and again. And God watches our heart's response when you've been wronged and slighted. Do you have that forgiving spirit? It's not what happens to me that matters most. It's how I react to what happens to me. I want to read an incredible story of Sir Thomas More. Years ago in England, centuries ago, he was condemned to death through the jealousy and hatred of those in the government. They trumped up grounds to take his life. And listen to More, his response. Listen to Thomas More's response. This is what he says. More have I not to say, my lords, but that St. Paul held the clothes of those who stoned Stephen to death. And as they now are both saints in heaven and shall continue their friends forever, so I trust and shall most heartily pray that though your lordships have now here on earth been judges to my condemnation, we may nevertheless hereafter cheerfully meet in heaven in everlasting salvation. They were condemning him to death. And he goes into the scriptures and he said, as Paul held the garments of those who stoned Stephen and Paul was saved and now Paul and Stephen are in heaven as friends, I pray that you'll be converted and you'll be in heaven and we'll be friends. That's incredible love. It's supernatural love. I could still picture them today, right in the front of the church, praying loudly and going out from church to church singing. Oh, they were a spiritual group, or so I thought. But then my image of them was completely shattered. I remember them coming to my office. Pastor, our mother is sick. She's in the hospital. If our brother calls, don't let him know. I tried to convince them that that's not the Christian thing to do. There may have been a falling out and their brother was unsafe, but maybe this is an opportunity to bring him. They wouldn't hear anything of it. The mother died. I received another phone call. Don't tell our brother where the funeral is. The brother called. He said, how could they claim to be Christians? We need to express mercy to those who have sinned against us. There's absolution that we give to others because we've been absolved of our sins. We've received mercy from God. Time and time again, if we go back in the journal of our minds, we can remember those times where we've asked God for forgiveness and we've asked him for mercy and we didn't deserve it, but yet he reached down in the muck of mire of sin and lifts us out. Oh, we ought to reflect that to others. I think about a time in my own life. 
My mother did not have an easy marriage. My father was an alcoholic. And she lay dying in the hospital. And I said to mom, I think dad should be here. He should know. Because I think it's important to prepare for heaven. Because mom didn't have much time left. And when my father came and he was a very difficult man to get along with. But I'm so glad that he came and my mother had a chance to offer forgiveness. Even though it was a difficult encounter. And shortly after she went home to be with the Lord. People may hurt you deeply. But to offer forgiveness is to be like your heavenly father. Now, mercy is reflected in our actions. It's not only in giving people absolution, but it's in reaching out. Mercy reflected in our action. Luke 10, 37 reads, The expert in the law replied, The one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, Go and do likewise. This was the results of the parable of the Good Samaritan. It's amazing how cold and sterile religious institutions can be at times. It's amazing how cold and indifferent sometimes religious leaders can become. Oswald Chambers talks about that when he says, we are going to meet unmerciful good people and unmerciful bad people and unmerciful institutions, unmerciful organizations, and we shall have to go through the discipline of being merciful to the merciless. I think about one of the most admired women in the world, Sister Teresa. How she saw a need of people who were dying in loneliness and starvation in Calcutta. And she asked to be released from her religious order so that she could go and minister to them. With no funds and no backing, she went. And the very first woman, her body was being eaten by rats. And she picked her up and she took her to the hospital. And the hospital refused her. And she stood there until finally they would accept her. And then she went and found a Hindu temple. And she began the hospital and others gathered around and by the time of her death, there were over 10,000 lepers in 28 countries being ministered to that order that she founded. And being interviewed by the BBC, she said, Nothing makes you happier than when you really reach out in mercy to someone who is badly hurt. We ought to be the Good Samaritans as it were, reaching out to people in our culture who are caught in the muck and the mire of sin. Yes, they've gotten there because of their decisions, but for the grace of God there we would go as well. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, those who don't keep a long account of grudges. Everybody ought to have a cemetery and a plot where they bury old wrongs done to them and old hurts and they ought to leave it there that cemetery ought to be called Calvary it ought to be at the foot of the old rugged cross where our sins were buried as well 
Mercy is reflected not only in our actions and not only in absolution that we give people, but in our attitudes. In Micah 6, 8, it says this, He had showed you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. We ought to love mercy. Love for the opportunity to show people mercy. Love for the opportunity to be a mirror of the heart of God to lost humanity and to the people around us. How mercy would change our homes. How mercy would transform our lives. How mercy would make us approachable to people and make God more visible to them. Gladstone, William E. Gladstone was a chancellor in England and he depended very much upon an accountant, a statistician, who came up with all of the financial information and he gave a speech um, and his speech was based on all of the information that was given to him and it was wrong and he became the laughing stock at that time in England. He became the ridicule of his opponents And he called in this accountant, the statistician, and uh, this is what he said to him. He, He sent for the man at once. The man came full of fear and shame. Certainly was going to lose his position. But instead, Gladstone said this, I know how much you must be disturbed over what has happened. And I have sent for you to put you at your ease. For a long time you've been engaged in handling the intricacies of national accounts and this is the first mistake that you have made. I want to congratulate you and express to you my keen appreciation. Wow. Wow. Some of us would be all over him, tearing him apart and his resume would be in the shredder and his name would be no good. But the attitude of a Christian is so much different. I like what Derek Bonhoeffner said, a Christian who lost his life in the Second World War because he would not march along with Hitler. He opposed him and spoke out against him. Derek Bonhoeffner said, if a man falls into disgrace, the merciful will sacrifice their own honor to shield him and take that shame upon themselves. That type of attitude that says, Can I help my brother? Can I relieve them of their distress? Don't take their dirty laundry out and put it on the clothesline for all to see. I love the way St. Augustine responded. He had a plaque on his desk. And any visitor that came in could see this plaque. It was in clear view. It read this. He who slanders another is not welcome here. How about being merciful to the character and the reputation and the name of others? Sometimes Christians are so guilty of gossip, they murder the name and the character of brothers and sisters in the Lord. God help us to be merciful to the name and reputation of others. My third and Final point, God's compensation for the merciful. God's compensation for the merciful. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown merciful. Well, pastor, do you mean if I go into my school and I'm merciful, 
that everybody else is going to be merciful to me, that it's going to return? No, not exactly. Because the most merciful man that ever walked the face of the earth, the Lord Jesus Christ, received no mercy at the hands of men when they took him and hung him on a cross and crucified him. It doesn't mean that people won't take advantage of you. It doesn't mean that people won't take advantage of your attitude of mercy. It does mean something else, though. It does mean that mercy carries with it its own reward. Every act of kindness carries with it its own reward. It blesses the giver as well as the receiver. It blesses the receiver with joy. It blesses the giver with joy. It's twice blessed. See, the merciful will be blessed by God Almighty. He will see to it that you are repaid. You may not be repaid by the hand of men, but you will be repaid at the hand of God, and he's the best employer to work for. Mercy carries its own reward. It carries with it that Christ-likeness. It carries with it that transformation on the inside that makes you the type of person that's going to be happy. Happiness is never found in its pursuit. It's a byproduct of living a godly life. The blessings of God are tied to the precepts of God. The blessing and the favor of God are tied to the conditions that he sets forth in the Sermon on the Mount. Mercy is rewarded by God. Not only does it carry its own reward, but it's rewarded as well by God. In 2 Samuel twenty-two twenty-six, it reads, With the merciful, you will show yourself merciful. I like what Luke says in the Gospel of St. Luke. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Stop judging others, and you will not be judged. Stop criticizing others, or it will come back on you. If you forgive others, you will be forgiven. If you give, you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full measure, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more and running over. Whatever measure you use in giving, large or small, it will be used to measure what is given back to you. On the day of judgment, I want God to have a big ruler of mercy for me. And I have a way of contributing to that in the way I treat others. In the mercy I give, God's keeping an account and he keeps the record books. Don't worry. He keeps accurate accounts and he's writing it all down. It's in his book. With the merciful in the day of judgment, he will be merciful. I can look forward with confidence to standing before my God because I know that what he has done for me, I've mirrored to others. I've shown mercy to those who have wronged me, who needed a helping hand even though they didn't deserve it. I've reached out to relieve their distress 
That can be your testimony. That can be your confidence. That can be your assurance. Because one day we will all stand before God. She didn't live in London. And she didn't hear C.S. Lewis's radio broadcast. But she did live in California. And she did attend Robert Shuler's church. In fact, she was close to their family. Almost like a nanny watching Robert Shuler's children as they grew up. She was a widow at that time. And she had suffered a deep hurt, buried. One day in the bulletin, she opened up and read that a kamikaze pilot was going to come and share his testimony Sunday night. She went up to Pastor Shuler and said, I don't think I'm going to be here for service. And Robert Shuler said, oh? And then he remembered that her son was killed by a kamikaze pilot. He said, Bessie, I don't think it will hurt if you miss one service. That Sunday came, and the kamikaze pilot shared how Jesus Christ marvelously saved his life. And had not the war ended, he would have given his life for the cause of Japan. But now he was giving his life for Jesus Christ. At the end of the service, one of the associate pastors was taking her down. And as he came to the very last part of the church, the last rows, suddenly an older woman stepped out right in front of him. She looked up at him. And they realized it was Bessie. Let me read to you what she said. She said, My son was killed in the war by a kamikaze. God has forgiven you for your sins. And tonight, he has forgiven me for mine. And she threw her arms around him as they wept together. Is it possible to show mercy? In your own strength, no. But with his strength, yes. Someone in your family has wronged you, and you can remember that. Someone at the job has not treated you right. And maybe they stole credits that you deserved. Someone in the church, my, they slandered you. They said some things about you that still to this day you can remember. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. Oh, have you experienced his mercy? And stretch out to the past and Allow that thing to just be buried in that graveyard on Mount Calvary. Let God's mercy cover it. Reach out across the span of time over those hurts and become God's hand of mercy. Embrace them with love. Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Voice of Faith. 
with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from the Gospel of Matthew and Pastor Ed's in-depth study of the Beatitudes. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and select Today's Date from the Voice of Faith Media Player. Again, that's voiceoffaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to voiceoffaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There you'll find all the options to share. We'd also like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for Worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Voice of Faith with Dr. Edward Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Beatitudes right here on Voice of Faith.